Welcome in. This is your Jock Market Power Hour for this week's Palmetto Championship. We are right in the thick of the IPO phase right now. Joe, good to see you, bud. What do you think about this week? What's good, buddy? Hey, listen, I'm excited. I said earlier, I'm going to breathe some life into the Congaree. Everyone's, uh, you know, there may be some people taking a pass this week. But look, awesome, awesome golf course. Should be a delight to see on TV. Obviously, everyone's excited about Torrey Pines, but this should be a great test. We have a, you know, a decent little field this week, but should present a ton of opportunities in the jock market. Am I right? I've argued and I've been waiting all week long for this show because I think this field and all of the unknowns, the perfect storm of having no course history, the week before a major championship, all the US, the, the withdrawals, everything, it makes the best format jock market because I, I don't think this field is great or or, or the, the perfect storm is great for outrights, Joe, because I think there's five or six guys who might win this golf tournament, right? And I think that in the jock market, all you're asking your players to do is beat their expectation. And some guys might be 40th, can you finish 35th? Can you finish 29th? You know, things like that. So I think this is the absolute perfect format for this week. Beauty. Great way to put it. Um, like you said, like we're paying out, everyone who makes the cut is going to pay out over a dollar a share and it's on a sliding scale spectrum from there. If you're new to jock market, welcome. Uh, we will do our best to sort of educate you through the process of this last electric 45 minutes that we have here until IPO close. Um, it's exciting stuff, but you are right. Everything in terms of trying to find little tidbits to tip you on a guy here or there that may finish uh, relatively unknown to some people, but may finish top 40 this week could present a ton of opportunity and ways to sort of build up that bankroll for next week. These next 45 minutes are the final 45 minutes of the IPO phase. You are currently bidding on shares of golfers. And when the bidding is over when the IPO window closes. The, the winning bids will be allocated those shares. And then depending on those share prices, of course, that will correlate to your final finishing position and how much money you can make. And uh, speaking of money that you can make, Joe, we're, we're giving away Jock Bucks as we continue to do. We have $100 to give away this evening. So make sure your Jock Market username is in the chat. That'll get you entered into the draw. And if that all wasn't enough, the deposit bonus has been raised. Uh, this, to me, Joe, is the best deposit bonus out there. Yeah, 100%. So the reason that it's the best, first of all, to kind of explain it. So we dropped the sort of numbers. It's just straight up power. If you haven't joined Jock Market yet, enter that when you initially sign up and make your first deposit. And they're going to match whatever you deposit up to 50 bucks. So you deposit 20, they'll, they'll chuck you a free 20 spot. You go all the way up to 50, they'll give you 50 um, that's kind of where it stops. But they, they, like we had talked about before, there's no strings and no rollovers here. It's just straight cash right into your account that they are sort of funding you with to give you a little extra bankroll to kind of get you started and get the ball rolling in this thing that, that we have all kind of built this community around and found so fun. 
straight cash homie straight cash homie is what jock market gives you and uh before we turn the page to this week's palmetto championship let's go back for just one second this is the data from last week and all of the data is available to you it's rickrungood.com it's under pga tools it's under free tools you click it right here and you can now download this information for all your research needs and we saw as we usually do a couple of big movers inside the top five notably brandon grace who last wednesday joe went for two dollars and 80 cents which means when he finished i don't know what he finished fourth i believe and paid out the full 16 dollars, you made 13 dollars a share on brandon grace yeah it, it's awesome right there's there's these stories like grace and like jimmy walker and like guys that that just have these massive pops but what's kind of so nice about this is Really, when you're down in this relative range of IPO target price, the downside is is relatively minimal, and the upside is huge. So, like last week, for instance, uh, if you remember, my portfolio wasn't great, right? A lot of I think like six out of my nine guys missed the cut, but I like broke even because I had I had a lot of shares of Max Homa, I had a lot of shares of Shane Lowry. They both ended up top sixing, so. They didn't cash you a top five ticket. They didn't cash you an outright, but they ended up basically keeping my head above water in the jock market because they paid out a ton per share relative to what the IPO price went for. So it's a great, great platform for anyone who kind of understands how the stock market works and kind of wants to you know, portray that into golf. Palmetto Championship. This is a... Brand new. I mean, I don't even want to call it brand new because it's really just a one-off event. It's not like we're going to be getting a series of these, but this is taking the spot of the RBC Canadian Open. It is being held at Congaree Golf Club. It is in South Carolina. And I think I think the course itself, Joe, is going to be a pretty significant storyline this week. It's a young course. It's only four years old. We don't know a lot about it. So guys like you and I have been trying to figure it all out over the past couple of days so that we can then translate that into the types of golfers that might have success here. Yeah, I think it's a really fun golf course. It's unfortunate for them that it kind of showed up the week before a U.S. Open because... Uh, it doesn't really share many of the characteristics that we're going to see next week at Torrey Pines. That said, I think it's going to present itself beautifully on TV. Um, it's already ranked inside the top 50 of the Golf Digest 100 Greatest Courses. I think there's two members, a couple of billionaires that just – Two of them, two, yeah. Two members of this course. So they just built it basically to fly in their, their really rich friends on jets and play some golf every now and then. The PGA Tour makes it stop there. From what I've heard, Rick, um, it's obviously a very long par 71, one of the longest on record, but it's going to play so firm and quick, and they kind of made it to mimic the these sort of Australian sandbelt courses that really run out, which kind of negates a little bit of that distance. Um, and I think it's going to come down to hitting it far, hitting it in the fairway, and trying to sort of creatively navigate these, these newer green surfaces I think is going to be key. Yeah, what you just described of this course can play a lot shorter if you're in the fairway because that mm -hmm. there is there is one cut of grass. It is fairway. If you miss the fairway, you are in sand, which I don't know if you're familiar, Joe, doesn't always run out as well unless it's that hard pan stuff, but it's essentially fairway bunkers all over the place. Yeah. So being able to play in the fairway, uh, even if they get 
some rain that that cuts this thing down a little bit and they don't have to play it to the full score scorecard yardage every single day and it, it leads me to look at the approach shots and how receptive these greens are and we know there's a lot of runoff areas there's it's hard to hold these greens which makes me start to believe that around the green getting up and down for par that's going to be a very important attribute for this week yeah, it's Tom Fazio, right? And and I love Tom Fazio courses, but he really challenges you on and right around the green surfaces. So like you mentioned, a lot of close runoffs, super undulating green surfaces. He typically has like a lower tier and an upper tier. So getting it on the right shelf is going to be paramount to getting it close. And like you said, coming from the fairway and the further down you can hit it, especially on new greens, right? Something that's three, four years old, they tend to be a little bit bouncy and and feel a little bit hollow to some degree. So being able to come in with a nine iron versus a seven iron is going to give you a huge advantage in terms of sort of holding that surface once you get on it. The... um... The scorecard yardage is scary, as I mentioned, 7,655 yards. And I think what a lot of people want to do, Joe, is immediately say, well, got to be a bomber, which obviously helps every single week. But are we are we just straight rolling out guys like Kevin Kistner, Ian Poulter, maybe some of the shorter hitters in the field, or are, are they still alive this week? For me, I'm not ruling anyone out this week because I really it's really hard to say without any statistical um, database or, or years worth of stats to kind of go upon. So there's things obviously, like you mentioned, distance is always going to be a big advantage, but you have you're going to have to be very sound, I think, in a lot of different areas of your game. So if you're not the longest, like a Kisner or like a Poulter, then you have to be really locked in on your approach plays and you got to putt well, like it's the PGA tour. It's ultimately going to come down to, to a sort of a putting contest. Like we see most weeks, the field, because uh, I don't know if the right term is top heavy, weak, terrible, awkward. I don't know what the, I don't know what the word is, but we have two big boys at the top. Their names are Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka. It's very clear. They're the two best players in this field, but we were talking before we went hot they don't provide a lot of stability on any given week, right? I mean, Dustin Johnson hasn't played particularly well since February. Brooks kept outside of major championships. You think about the knee, you don't really know what to expect. I mean, what do we think about these two big boys at the top who aren't the most consistent golfers on the face of the earth? For me, it's likely, depending on the prices, we get closer here, Rick, and I kind of saddle up and, and get in the trenches and see where these guys are at. It's likely going to be a pass on both of them. Look, these are two titans, but they're volatile, like in a sense that we don't haven't seen really from other guys like Jordan and, and, and Bryson and these guys who tend to be safer. DJ, you, you, it's really hard to predict what he's going to get. And Brooks, obviously, off of a couple weeks. Um, it's taking a little bit breather and we know it's all systems go uh, for the U.S. Open, right? He wants to get there. He's ready to tackle Bryson. Um, he's ready to tackle the course. So it's hard to overlook how well he's playing, though, because statistically, I think he comes like if, if you don't actually look at the stats, he's phenomenal. But it doesn't necessarily feel like that because he doesn't play that often. Right. Yeah. But if you even go back to like his last 24 rounds pretty much everything's in the top 10, right? T to green, number one, ball striking, number one, short game, number seven, off the T six, approach six, um, putting seventh. Like he's doing 
everything as well as he's ever done it. Um, it's just we don't see him that much. So, so it's just a tough call on him this week on whether he brings a full tank of energy and focus to an event the week before a major. That's the only, that's the only question mark for Brooks. Fair enough. Well, let's not waste any more time in getting into the big board. And let's not waste any more time in giving out some of our jock bucks. So the very first $20 goes out to Shane at War Eagle 82. We'll get you all set up with that. I'll send your name over to the jock market team so they can credit your account. Congratulations. And if you would like to be entered into a draw for 20 jock bucks, you know what to do. Drop your username in the chat right now. That will get you in the draw. And it's time to reveal the big board. This is our live dashboard into the current jock market pricing. I don't think there is any surprise to see Brooks Kepka $7.77 as currently our most expensive golfer with Lucas Glover right behind. Glover, Joe, is one of these golfers who uh, has played this course. He's been very vocal about that. The putter's starting to come around. I imagine he is going to be incredibly popular in all golf formats this week. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, has great course history here to match, or, or not great course history, but he has some knowledge of the course, I should say. Match that, pair that with the recent form. I did see somewhere that I think he withdrew today during the Pro-Am. You, do you put any stock into that, or is it um, just something you're writing off? So I thought uh, I saw that too. Um, and and sometimes it is dependent on the reason, although sometimes mm-hmm. these guys give – BS reasons and also know that the pro-am um they had bad weather today they ended up canceling the pro-am or or suspending it so it could have been a lot of things it could have been that he wasn't feeling well something was injured that he didn't want to play in the rain I mean it's I generally do not but if it Mm -hmm. is something like a stomach bug which is the rumor that I heard and I have not uh, confirmed that myself, I would probably want to wake up tomorrow morning and confirm before, before, uh, before his tea time, I'd have to see what time his tea time is. I know like the whole ROM situation has me like now leery of like these guys who are like a little bit sick again. Um, but yeah, unfortunately he doesn't, he doesn't tee off until the afternoon. So we're not going to know. We're not going to know. No, we'll have no idea. Yeah. The guys right into there. Poulter's been playing really well. Sung J M. I think sets up, you know, he was the one guy kind of on the lower end of the betting board this week that I put a little bit of stake in. Um, I like his around the green game. I think that the really wide fairways is going to help him. I feel like with the eye test of when I see him, his irons and his tempo and his rhythm looks really good. But then when I look at the stats, it's not necessarily bearing out, but that could just be, one or two really bad holes around. I think that he's close, and I think that his talent level and his ceiling uh, is potentially victory. Interesting that DJ is way down there. We usually have kind of a weird, you know, DJ is usually not the most popular guy in the jock market that we've seen. Even as he's still world number one, uh, he ends up not finishing at the top of this board a lot. We'll see where he shakes out this week. He He is only cracked, excuse me, the $10 mark. Four times in his like 11 cash markets, which is kind of crazy because he's been the number one player in the world for the entirety of that stretch. I mean, to put this into perspective, currently at $4.59, he would have to finish 38th or better to return you cash, which is something Dustin Johnson certainly capable of doing. But I imagine that is not going to stay at that number very long. I imagine by the time this IPO phase is over in about 30 minutes, 
we're going to have Brooks at the top. We're going to have DJ at the top. And then I think the rest of it is going to be incredibly interesting on how it shakes out. Yeah, I think we'll see a couple of our European tour friends are up there and Matty Fitz and um, Terrell Hatton should kind of make a decent run. But yeah, after that, it seems like it's wide open, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, there, I, I, yeah, I, the good news is we're going to learn again. And I've, I've said this before, the jock market is the perfect, put your money where your mouth is sentiment. I, we're going to learn who's popular this week tonight, because we're going to see who, who is getting bit up on. I mean, you go down, you mentioned Ian Poulter, you mentioned Sung JM, uh, Brant Snedeker is, is, is threatening the $5 mark. Vincent Whaley, who I guess is just a cut making machine. He's going to finish between 20th and 35th, uh, is, is threatening $5. Then you get some, some more interesting names joe keith mitchell luke list i think that uh these are guys that you would describe as plenty of firepower if they can kind of control the direction that it's going in absolutely you made a great point that i hadn't really thought about about you miss the fairway and you're in the sand and you're not getting nearly as much run out so that is a bit more concerning than I was initially going to take on with a guy like Mitchell and List. That said, we know Keith Mitchell plays his best on Bermuda grass. Um, he, he hasn't finished poorly, but had that good stretch a couple of weeks ago. Luke List, uh, from what I've heard, holds the course record at Congaree, which is you know a nice little tidbit, which may be um, factoring into his IPO price being up there now. But two guys who hit it a long way. Both really underrated around the green and short game players. And if they can just find a, a decent putter one week, I think that they have the all-around game if they can complement it with a hot putting week to potentially win. Brooks Kepka is making moves, $8.29. He's our first golfer through the $8 mark. If you're an investor of Brooks Kepka at that mark, you are asking him to finish essentially 16th or better in this golf tournament. Now, Joe, uh, we did get a big move since the last time I refreshed, and it's on the Englishman Tommy Fleetwood. And speaking of underrated around the green games, Fleetwood is currently in the midst of his best around the green year of his career. Now, the ball striking hasn't always been Tommy-esque, and we know he's still looking for that first victory here in the states yeah i think for me okay so i think it's going to come down to tommy on a little bit how you think the course is going to play i like tommy fleetwood if you think that it's going to play hard um he's great at u.s opens he's typically good when the masters plays pretty hard um he's good at open championships when when you know the the scoring average is on the difficult side but um, you know, I don't know if you have an inclination one way or another after sort of diving into the course this week on whether we see 20 under in a birdie fest or whether you think, you know, it's going to play at that eight to 12 under par, which I think suits Tommy's game the best. I think it's going to be harder than most people believe. Maybe 16 under 15 under the, the, the issue is it's very exposed. So it's going to be dependent mm -hmm. on how windy it gets. And also there is, uh, there are thunderstorms in the forecast, essentially Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So if it gets, uh, if it gets wet, it's going to play a lot easier. So I, I don't think it's going to be the firm, fast Australian sand belt course that they want where it would be, you know, seven under par. That's what they want. That's the ideal. Yeah. I, I don't think we're going to get that this week. I think it's going to be 15, 16 under that, that gets the job done. Yeah, that's kind of where I fall. You know, it's their first PGA Tour tournament. They're not going to set it up to sort of um, make these guys just grind it away the week before a U.S. Open. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's kind of where I sit on it. But yeah, I think that Tommy, like you mentioned the around the green numbers. I had no idea he'd been that solid there. Yeah, he's phenomenal. I think so. I, I do it by year and I do it by season. So if you look at his season rank, I believe he's fourth on tour this year, but it's his it, or fourth on tour this season, but it's his best year ever for him. Uh, going a little bit further, we still have Matt Fitzpatrick and Terrell Hatton both hanging on at $4.20. Now, these are two of, I don't know, the four or five favorites in this field, and they're hanging at $4.20. I can't imagine they are going to stay there for long. But how do we feel about these two? trying to break through. I mean, Matt Fitzpatrick's never won on the PGA Tour. Hatton, I believe, his only victory was Bay Hill, and he's got a couple of international victories as well. Yeah, Hatton definitely. Both of these guys have have seemed to find a winning pedigree across the pond, but are sort of waiting, you know, and, and we've been waiting on Fitz for a while. He's really good off the tee, believe it or not. I actually have him rated out number one in the field over the last 24 rounds, which was surprising to me because – um, you usually, when I think of Fitz, I'm like, oh, he's going to do it all with the putting, right? He has not, he has not lost strokes off the tee this calendar year. That's incredible. Um, I, I know that, uh, he plays a lot at the bears club down here, which is really firm, really wide open, really fast Bermuda grass. Maybe this could be the week that he finally breaks through. You know, if, if you look at it where if you think maybe DJ and Brooks have the private jets waiting on Friday night to catch an early flight uh, to the West Coast in La Jolla, he's the next guy on the board, right? So maybe this is a great spot for him um, to, to sort of notch that victory that he's long been looking for. If you think about the courses that he's top 10 or technically top 11 in the last couple of seasons, couple of months, I mean, he did it at Mirfield Village. He did it at Olympia Fields. Mm -hmm. He did it at Bay Hill. He did it at the concession. He did it at Sawgrass. He did it at Riviera. I mean, these are tough courses. This is not Matt Fitzpatrick doing it at, you know, birdie fest. And I think this plays, um, you know, again, 15, 16 under, it's going to be a lot of weather dependent. Uh, This could be a really good spot for him. And, and Joe, I think, Maybe no surprise, Brooks Kepka continues to climb. $10. 10 bucks. Wow. He just, okay. he just snapped through it. So, so $10 for Brooks Kepka, essentially asking him to finish 12th or better. I think the public is saying uh, there are not two big dogs in this field. There is one big dog, and his name is Brooks Kepka because that's the way the money's rolling in right now. You know, I actually, I actually took a little piece of a, a matchup with Brooks over DJ this week and took Brooks. So did I. <laughs> you did as well. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad. Anytime I'm, anytime I'm with Run Good, I feel good. About it. Um, Ten bucks though, like I, I can't get there the week before major. Like at this point, I'm just gonna have to kind of look elsewhere. I think that I mean it's a big mark, but you have to you have to figure what's he got to what is he what does his finish position have to be in order to pay that out positively? Twelfth. Okay, so he's got to finish twelfth or better. Um, could he do that? Yes. Um, could he miss the cut? Yeah, I think there's a good chance he could miss the cut this week, and that goes all the way down to one dollar. So. You start at 10, you can go all the way down to one, and the scale really tips on a victory at 25. So you got to have to kind of weigh that out. For me, I'm trying to, you know, still evolving my strategy in jock market, but I think that the value really comes in that sort of, I'll say, four to like $7 range is where, where I, I've kind of found the sweet spot recently. 
Speaking of value, there's a really good question here from Colin who says he appreciates the jock bucks last week. All good. Have you guys looked into IPO price versus top 10, top 20, etc. odds that you can get at sports books? Now, Joe, you are uh, you're you're the guy who goes out and I think you do more research than probably anybody in the jock market. And you create your own fair value, uh, you know, rankings and all that good stuff. And I assume that the odds makers uh, numbers are, are a large portion of that. Yes. Um, I always kind of understand, look, part of, part of betting is you gotta, you gotta always respect the the power of the sports book and understand that you're always playing catch up against them, right? Um, you can try to find opportunities that exist, but they're really good at this. (laughs) So absolutely. I'll answer your question. I factor in the top 10, the top 20 price. If I see Basically, I will take their fair projected value price and I'll try to find if that matchups and if that aligns with where the sports books odds are. Then I'll do some tinkering on my own based on sort of my own projections. But 100 percent, I think that that's a fantastic way to look at it. If you're looking at guys at the top of the board, weigh out their price versus their top 10 odds. If you're looking at guys in the middle, do it top 20. If you're looking at guys down low, check out their top 40 odds and their percentages there that you can get from various sites. So I think that's absolutely a a fantastic way to attack this if you're looking for sort of long-term success. I think uh, the DJ fans said, not so fast. We'll back DJ because now he's making movies up to $8.88. So those two certainly clear of the rest of the field. And Ian Poulter is third here, $6.06. We kind of breezed over him. I've uh, Joe, Poulter to me is the guy that I'm, I'm having the most difficult time with this week. I, I understand he's been playing well. I know that he relies a hair on the short game more than I would like. I know that he doesn't necessarily hit it as far as I would like, but you talk about pedigree. You talk about an Englishman coming over, playing a, a kind of a linksy style course that you can play on the ground. I, I, every, every pro I can outweigh or offset with a con, and every con I can offset with a pro, and I'm stuck in the middle not knowing what to do with him. He's kind of hard to peg, right? Obviously, a big bump that we saw there in his performance at the Charles Schwab competed pretty well at the PGA Championship at the Ocean Course as well. So the form is there. Um, that said, I don't think he does. I don't think he's deserving of being the third price guy on the board. I don't think that that will end up that way either. Um, there are certainly some shortcomings in his game that he has to overcome with great play around the greens and great putting, but that's what we see when he's playing well. He tends to do uh, quite often. Another thing that like we, we always talk about that you have to definitely factor in when you're sort of ranking guys is, you know, you look at the top 10 of the top 20s, but pay attention to that projected rank that they will have next to your guy. So Ian Poulter is 11th here. That's essentially what breaks all ties in the jock market. So if Ian Poulter ties this week with Sung J.M. and Tommy Fleetwood, and they all finish in a tie for third, um, Sung Jay is going to pay out the most, followed by Tommy, followed by Poulter. So that is a big factor to kind of weigh out when you're looking at guys like you see Higo down there is a great example. I think a lot of people really like Higo this week. His projected rank is so low just because we don't have enough data of him on the PGA Tour yet where they pull these rankings. So it's going to be tough in an instance where he could finish in a massive tie to really have anyone uh, you know, end up with a higher price than him. Very excellent point there by Joe. Let's give away some more money. Uh, $20 in the jock market this time 
is going to Mike. Congratulations, Mike B. We will get your username over to the Jock Market team. And if you are looking for 20 Jock Bucks, make sure that your username is in the chat. Joe, we are about 15 to 18 minutes away from this market closing. It's heating up a little bit, but let's go down and look at those golfers that um, are going to end in that range that you're excited about, ending in that 4 to $7. So I'm kind of looking at guys who are 5 and under right now, assuming they are going to be working their way up. You mentioned Garrick Higo, the left-handed South African, $4.14. Unfortunately, that 113 pre-rank does not help him in any tie situation. Um, Patton Kazire, a guy who has two third-place finishes in his last three starts, is currently at $4.01. Hank Lebiota, I know catching plenty of steam this week. Are any of these names or any of his of their peers around them moving the needle for you? Absolutely. So a couple of guys there. Um, I, I like Kevin Kisner this week. Uh, I just think that I like his attitude, right? And I, I feel like this could be a good setup for him. Uh, being in South Carolina, he has a, if he can get the putter going, like there's a lot of parts of his game that are working right now that aren't always the most reliable for him. The putter has always been, it's, it's like second nature to him, uh, putting well, and he hasn't had that going well lately. Hank Lebiota, you mentioned, has had some really fantastic returns of late. Uh, I'm just looking here at the Valspar uh, ROI of 418% at the Valspar. Wells Fargo, 64.9%. AT&T Byron Nelson, 211%. All data that I'm getting from from your website and the free tools there. Um, so, yeah, Patton Kazire has been one of the most profitable guys in the jock market. It doesn't have a huge spike victory, right? We see the Robert Shrebs and the KH Lees that – kind of raid out there because they got that massive bump from a victory. Patrick Gazire, 17 jock markets he's entered in, hasn't won a tournament. He's averaging 72% return every time you play him. Like the numbers are kind of astonishing for Kazire, and he just continues to sort of carry form. I I kind of really like Kazire this week. I mean, he just he just he can get hot with the irons. The putter, he has figured out. He's gaining strokes putting nearly every single week. And yeah, he's $5.50 at the moment, which essentially you're asking him to finish, oh boy, uh, 31st or better. And I'm I'm shocked at the very generous pre-rank, 7th. He, there are only six other golfers that are not going to uh, win the tie for Pat and Kazire. So I'm sold. Um, further down the list, you get a couple of, of – this is where we start to get into, and I would love your take on these guys, the Corn Fairy guys and the college guys, right? Mm-hmm. So John Pock, $3.45. Florida State kid making his first professional start. Davis Thompson also making his first professional start. You have guys who live mostly on the corn ferry, like a David Lipsky. What what are we doing with these types of golfers who we do not see on the PGA tour on a regular basis? Okay. So starting with Pac and Thompson, I think that they are in terms of a lot of people in the community, I think they're relatively well-known games. I mean, John or Pac has had one of the most decorated colleges careers we've seen since basically Matt Wolf, right? A ton of victories there, but Mm -hmm. is their popularity and sort of that initial buzz and name recognition going to outweigh 
um, the outcome. Like we've seen it work really well for Morikawa and Wolf, and we've seen the disaster stories, right? We've seen the panda and these other guys that, that just haven't been able to pan out. I'm more, I think, looking at the Corn Ferry Tour guys. I think Lipsky, these guys that are, are used to playing four events of professional golf, Peter Uline's another one that I think is is really sneaky and I have on my short list this week. Really good around the greens, really good out of the sand, and hits it a surprisingly far way. He's averaging like 307 off the tee and relatively accurate. So he's had a great run going on the Corn Ferry Tour. Good finish at the Zurich. So those numbers aren't showing up here on your data, but but I see them in my head. So I like Peter Uline this week is another one I'm looking at. Uline, Seamus Power. Power's coming off a top 10. He hasn't played in uh, on the PGA Tour, I think, in three weeks, but coming off a top 10, yeah, those are those are certainly guys that I'm interested in. There was a question in the chat that I thought was good while I refresh my um okay. while I re- refresh my big board here. So Greg would like to know as a strategy, do you bid on guys you would use in DFS lineups or do you hedge the old life hedge and bid on guys that you couldn't get into your lineups? This is always a fun question. I know. And it's hard for me, right? Like usually theoretically, I want to say if you like a guy, you should like him everywhere, but you have to like separate yourself a little bit from it. And like I use the analogy that you always talk about, like, like football betting, like don't bet the team, bet the number, right? So some, a lot of times their, their outright odds don't align with their DraftKings price, which doesn't align with jock market. So you know, it's it's all about trying to isolate value. This stuff is so hard to kind of pick winners that if you can get a couple extra points and you see a spot where they may present a little bit of value uh, on one place versus the other, I don't mind going totally different with my DFS lineups than I did for Jock Market. I start off with the same sort of criteria and pool of players that I'm looking to isolate, but that can totally change uh, based on numbers. Yeah, I think um, in most DFS formats or outright, like I'm kind of looking for upside. I'm looking for like the ceiling week to try to hit it big. I think mm-hmm. the shock market is the one of the few places where I'm like, okay, like can this guy who is ranked 40th finish 25th? Like, can I get a couple? But you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just Great different. Point. You're just trying to find, I think, smaller edges is kind of the way that, uh, but there's more of them. I think there's more smaller edges available. Mm-hmm. Let me, give away tw- let me give away 20 more bucks here, and thank you for the question, Greg. I'll give away 20 now, 20 after this IPO closes, and then 20 at the end of the show. And this one is for Davis. Davis, we will get you all – or Devin Davis, excuse me. We'll get you all set up with that $20. And, of course, I've got two more to give away, one around 9 p.m., one around 9.15 p.m. Eastern time, so make sure that your username is in the chat. Helps me very much. Okay. Also – Hit the like button. Wow, you went 35 minutes. And I asked you that for the first time. Uh, the market, <laughs> Joe, it's it's normalizing. We are seeing what we would expect. Brooks mm-hmm. Kepka over $10. Dustin Johnson right behind. Terrell Hatton, Matt Fitzpatrick, Sung J.M., Lucas Glover. This is very much now getting more reflective of what the Vegas odds are. The only one that I think... What, what do you think the biggest difference is Fleetwood? Because he was probably like the fifth shortest odds, something like that. He's still sitting around at $6. Is that the biggest difference we have at the moment? Yeah, that's the one that I see that sticks out the most is, is sort of Fleetwood being down there uh, a good dollar, a dollar fifty below Fitzpatrick and Hatton. Um, I, look, Tommy's so, so good. 
uh, just hasn't had a knack for closing. And, and like we've spoken about many times, doesn't necessarily matter in this environment. So uh, you finish second, you finish third, they're still going to pay out 20 and $18 a share. So there's still a ton of room there on a guy like Fleetwood, um, who, who you mentioned has a lot of these successful attributes that should correlate to a good success rate this week. I've got a flavor of the week here. Uh, am I wrong to say that Ben Martin is a flavor of the week? He's catching some steam. He doesn't have a lot of strokes gain data recently. In fact, three of his last seven events uh, did not have shot link data, so we don't know how he's doing it. But in the events that he's that that do, he's he's struck it very well. 26th at the Byron Nelson, 11th at the Wells Fargo Championship. He's currently sitting at $4.10, which would be asking him to finish about 41st, Joe. Can Ben Martin finish inside the top 40? Yeah, I think so. If you look at that correlated to his betting number this week, which is uh, typically anywhere between like 55 and 70 to 1, then that success rate is pretty good. Uh, We'll see if he gains some steam over the next one. I have a guy... Um, did we like, and I want to ask you about, because I know you're a big fan as well. Let's talk about doc for a second. Are we ready? Like three straight events, gaining strokes on approach, not awesome finishes, but like, can he go here? Like back around South Carolina where he played in college ball. I am. I'm I'm this close on doc. We're getting there. We're getting there. So when, when 2021 started, he seemingly lost everything. I mean, it was, it was ugly stuff and the putter was really poor. Well, he's, he's fixed that he's putting. I think he's gained strokes in three straight and, and, a good amount. He's he's putting well again. His iron game has come around. We're, we're, I'm loving it. The one thing that's left is the driver. Don't quote me on these numbers, but I think he lost three strokes off the tee at the Memorial. I think he lost like four at Charles Schwab, and that is not his game. Uh, he is very much like get him on a narrow, narrow course, tree line fairways, let him pipe it down the middle. And I think that's the only thing that has to come around. So if he can fix that, uh, I think we are back on doc. So I, 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 we talk all, all the time about, do you want to be early? Do you want to be late? I yeah. I'm starting to about to be early on doc. I think it's, I think it's coming together. I'm close as well. I look at him like the names that are kind of around him right now and Laird and Neesmith. And I'm thinking like, at the start of 2021, like we would have thought that Doc was like a potential breakthrough candidate of the year and like going to be a guy that's consistently top 20. We haven't seen it. I think he went down the route of maybe chasing a little bit of distance, but I'm starting to see signs and things align where he's doing the things well that we were used to him doing well in the fall. We'll see where his price ends up. We know this next five minutes here. So the IPO, you know, closes anywhere between eight. 57 and and 859 so it can happen anytime this last five minutes is a flurry of activity in the jock market so we'll kind of see where he pans out yeah that's right we're about in that in that time period right so this is going to close four five six minutes from now if you're new uh what we do is we we bid adieu to joe we say okay go do your thing he goes he makes all of his bids and then we see what shares he got afterwards as i talk us through the final couple of minutes so joe for those who are new you've been keeping an eye on the market all day long seeing how it's been panning out and spoiler alert we've got two golfers now over ten dollars brooks kepka dustin justin johnson have just smacked through that mark are you going to try to live in that range you gave us a warning about that four to seven dollar range for this week Yeah, I think this week, more than most, I may steer a little bit more clear of the top just because there's more questions surrounding it for me. 
Um, there's not a lot of guys up there with course history. There's the added factor of the U.S. Open next week. So I think I'm going to try this week to kind of stick and, and make my hay in the sort of five, four, five, six dollar range and see if I can find anything that lines up with the target price that I have here and, and fire away over the next couple of minutes. All right, fire away, Joe. Go at it, my friend. There are probably three to five minutes left in this IPO phase. So you are currently bidding on shares of golfers. And when this IPO phase closes just before 9 p.m. Eastern time, those shares are going to be allocated. As I speak right now, Brooks Kepka is our most expensive golfer, but not by much. He's $10.02. Dustin Johnson, $10 a share. That is essentially asking both of them to finish 12th or better to break you even. And of course they will pay out accordingly for every spot above and below that. There is a definite second tier of golfers. It includes Matt Fitzpatrick and Terrell Hatton, both at $8 and eight cents and Sung J M at $7 and 88 cents. That's the clear second tier. The third tier is kicked off by Tommy Fleetwood. And this is where things really get jam packed here. There's not much separation between Tommy and the next handful of golfers. Tommy's 677. Lucas Glover, $6.75. Harold Varner, who's been moving up the board as we've been on air, $6.60. Down in the $5 range, Alex Noren leads that area. He's $5.96. And there's a 50-cent gap down to Kevin Kisner. Brant Snedeker and Luke List have been catching steam along with Seamus Power. They're all above $5. And our best friend, Vincent Whaley, who has just continued to make cuts, continues to finish inside the top 30, currently sitting at $5.14. As of this moment on my clock, it is 8.56 Eastern time, which means we are in, I think we're almost in it. This IPO phase could close anytime in the next few minutes. So you're going to want to get your bids in right now. And I'm going to give this big board a refresh so that we're all on the same page about the current pricing. And what I see is oh, a big jump from our friend Dustin Johnson, who has now ascended to the top of the jock market. He is currently our most expensive golfer. He's the number one pre-ranked golfer. So he is uh, he is going to break all ties. Joe just looked up and went, huh, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised, man. 1040. That's as much as we've seen him, right? That is the most expensive he has been since Genesis, since February. So Dustin Johnson uh, breaking new ground. Brooks Kepka, $10.06. Terrell Hatton has extended from Matt Fitzpatrick, and he is $9 even. Terrell Hatton discussed maybe a little bit of rust in his game this week, but that could just all be talk. Sung JM and Matt Fitzpatrick both at $8.55, and they're lining up at $7. $7 even for Lucas Glover, Ian Poulter, Tommy Fleetwood, Harold Varner III, all sitting at $7. If they finish at that price, you'll be asking them to finish 22nd or better, and it would be Harold Varner who would break ties out of that group of golfers. It is now 8.57. We are in the time frame where this IPO phase can close at any moment. We are going to get a word from Joe when it finally does, but as of now, it's open. Garrick Higo, $5 and a quarter. Luke List right behind him, $5.20. Pat Perez even making a move into the $5 market. If you scroll further down the board, those names that we mentioned, John Pock, Hank Lebiota, $4.06, $4.04. They are hanging around that number essentially all day, and Ben Martin hasn't moved much. He has $4.23. I'm going to try to get one more refresh in here and see if I can do that before this jock market closes. We're I hope still I open at the moment. 
They're still open at the moment. This seems like a late close. We're going to see. Oh, my goodness. The big boys. The, everybody wants shares. Brooks Kepka, 11.66. Dustin Johnson, 11.50. We have smashed the record on Brooks Kepka. By far the most expensive he has ever been. Dustin Johnson at 11.50 is the most expensive he has been almost ever since the century tournament of champions. That was the only time he was more expensive. $11 and 55 cents. Terrell Hatton. I'm assuming this is the most expensive Terrell Hatton has ever been $9 and 17 cents. It's not. He was nine 35 when he defended his crown at the API. Sung JM closing in on the $9 mark. He's $8 and 99 cents. That is the most expensive he's been since he's defended. Well, what have we just learned that defending champs are very expensive in the jock market? Are we still open? We're still open, dude. This is unbelievable. It's still alive. This is we we might see uh, one of these big boys break through the twelve dollar mark. I gotta refresh it one more time, I and mean, we are li- it can't be open much longer. I've got not eight fifty nine by my clock. This thing is arguably the latest close we've ever had. I think we might have just closed. The chat thinks we might have just closed. Okay, yeah. Are we closed? It's it's showing closed. Yeah, it's not letting me put in chairs. Yeah, so we we're closed. Shut it down. We are closed. Wow. That was long. It was late. Nice. That was a long close. No doubt about it. And we saw a ton of. I'm surprised at the amount of action that we saw right up at the top. Right? Was I wasn't really seeing that this week. It wasn't for me, but apparently a lot of you guys uh, didn't mind going up there. <laughs> I, I'm going to refresh this because I saw a big number, and I want to make sure that I have the final numbers here before I start to share them. So let me give this one more refresh, Joe. But I'm seeing... Yeah. Okay. So here we go. So I believe these are the official numbers. Brooks Kepka is $12.25, which I'm going to check this out right now. This has got to be very close to the most expensive we've ever had. Okay. Here are the, there is, this is now the fourth golfer ever to break through the $12 mark. John Rahm was $12.51 at Waste Management. Webb was 1250 at Sony. Patrick Cantlay was 12 at Pebble. And now Brooks Kepka, $12.25, just became the third most expensive golfer, Joe, ever in the jock market. Crazy. Um, I think that, yeah, like we had mentioned, so many things are lining up really well for Brooks. It's just like the the question of of motivation a little bit with Brooks, which is really hard to read into, like to try and sit here and, and – in play psychiatrist or whatever you want to call it. So, but at the same token, he's basically got to finish what like eighth or better in order to pay that out. I think that it's a risky endeavor. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit taken back by the, how high that price closed. Dustin Johnson at 1150 is the second most expensive he has ever been. He was 1155 at the century tournament of champions. So when we came on air, I was saying maybe there were some concerns about DJ. I guess not. <laughs> people know, people right? went out and put their money out there for him. Yeah. Do you, no, think people- do you think it's just because people said this is very, very much two horses at the top. I better make sure I get one of them. Yeah, you know, it's not often when you get one of these, you know, I think Brooks and Dustin, we can all say are like probably both in the top six players in the world. So it's not often that you get them in an event with really one other big name. And then there seems to be a little bit of a drop off there. So I think that that had some added to it where he doesn't have to go through 
Rory and JT and Bryson and all these other guys to get victory. Um, he maybe has to defeat Brooks and play pretty well. And if he finds himself into contention, it's all eyes on Dustin Johnson on the weekend or vice versa. Um, before I forget, let me give away 20 more dollars to the jock market. And it, I've already pulled the name and I'm just looking for the comment to see if I can find it. Here we go. Ingve 14, Aaron, congratulations. We will get you all set up with that. And I've got one more $20 jock bucks credit to give away. We'll do that at the end of the show. So make sure your username is in the chat. Now, Joe, it is that time where I ask you, sir, uh, how did the jock market go for you? Who did you end up getting? How was that late, very late close for you? Yeah, so I kind of stuck to my guns here a little bit and went with the guys in my range. So the highest priced guy that ended up in my portfolio, so to speak, this week is is Keith Mitchell. Okay. So $5.88 uh, was the cost per share that I paid on Keith Mitchell. Um, it looks like he finished right around like 15th or so in terms of total price and where the other guys were. So I was targeting Keith this week. I, I think that um, a lot of his attributes should set up nicely. Moving down um, at the $4.90 range, I got a couple of shares of Doc Redmond, ten, picked up 10 shares of Doc. So That's I'm going to try and be early on him. We'll see how that pans out for me. Um, I did take a big stake. So this is one of the bigger ones that I have. 37 shares of Peter Uline. Uh, so I'm, I'm pushing a lot of chips on the Uline bandwagon. Uh, never usually works out well, but we'll see how it happens this week. $4 a share Peter went for. I thought like it was a fair price. Look, he's the type of guy that I'm like, man, all the motivating factors are line up this week. If, if you sort of buy into that kind of stuff where he was a young up and coming, like a great college player came out guns a blazing on the PGA tour and kind of got smacked in the face, right? He got knocked backwards. He's worked his way back through the minor league, so to speak, in the corn Ferry tour, been playing well there. And now it's like, okay, like for him, you have to be looking at this, like this, it is what it is. It's a great opportunity for me to secure a PGA tour card where the field isn't that loaded, where a lot of guys may be looking to next week, but this is, a great spot that I have circled on the calendar. I can tell you one guy who's not looking forward to next week. It's Peter Uline because he is trying to earn that card. He's trying to earn that job. He is trying to do all that stuff. I saw he won out here in Vegas on the corn Ferry. I guess at this point it was like two months ago. He looks phenomenal. He, he, he was, he really hasn't slowed down since. I mean, he's played a little bit on the PGA tour to varying levels of success, but he's been splitting time. And I, I like his game a lot. So uh, Joe has Keith Mitchell, doc Redmond and a large stake in Peter Uline this week. What else you got? Okay, so a couple of shares at like 410 of John Pack. So I just kind of want to see what happens with this. It's basically betting on him to top 40. So I'm just kind of interested to see how his game lines up against the, these guys um, on the PGA Tour. Another one that I really like this week, and I, I made an outright bet on him at like 125 to 1, Patrick Rogers. So I just really like his around the green game. He's a great underrated Bermuda grass putter. Um, he just lapped the U S open qualifier at the bears club down here and won by like three or four strokes. So I he's in that. the U S open where he's played really well at Tory in the past. 
So I think that this uh, confidence level is there with Patrick Rogers, another guy who sort of burst onto the scene with some good finishes early and now has had to kind of work his way back. I think that, uh, you know, a chance like this to catch a victory and secure yourself more long-term on the PGA tour is big for him. And then finally, uh, two ninety-five, the lowest cost, just kind of a flyer on Kevin Chappell. I know Chappies can tend to get really hot and really cold. Um, yeah. I think that's the truth. <laughs> that's kind of his moniker, but I think that uh, if you sort of zoom out and look at a longer term, um, great upside is one before on the PGA Tour. Plays a lot in Texas, um, so uh, yeah, it was just kind of a flyer on Chappie because I saw his name just really stuck out to me down there in that two dollar range. Joe's portfolio: Keith Mitchell, Doc Redman, Peter Uline, John Pock, Patrick Rogers, and Kevin Chapel. Must be the Palmetto Championship. With those. <laughs> <laughs> no just doubt. That's great. These are uh, uh, listen. These these are guys that that would have made my portfolio as well. Now, of course, that the the IPO is over, but the jock market has just begun because you can indeed buy and sell shares of these golfers. We often talk all the time, um, uh, buying opportunities for golfers who might be putting below their expectation, uh, especially with weather in the forecast. That's always going to be interesting around cut lines and things like that. So, uh, the party has just begun. If you are dipping your toes in for the first time. And I think, I think a lot of people are Joe, because they want to, they want to get their feet wet and make sure they're ready to rock and roll for the U S open next week. Yeah, it's awesome. And, and, you know, shout to our guy Aaron there who gave us the nice nod on the great show and we gave him the jock bucks. But it's so cool. Like we've probably given out like two grand now in jock bucks and nobody has gotten 20 bucks twice. It just shows like the amount of names that are are joining us here on Wednesday nights and coming along the ride with us. So that's exciting. Like you mentioned, the great part about it is like, this is why golf is the best sweat in sports because we have four full days of wake up in the morning to supper golf to kind of sweat this thing out. And if you pay attention to the jock market, as you go along, maybe find some opportunities of a guy who had an unfortunate triple, but is playing really well striking the ball but not putting well maybe he's flirting right around that cut line on friday afternoon and you can get him for cheap so tons of opportunities throughout the tournament keep the app open pay attention to those bid and ask prices for all your guys and uh thanks again for another exciting week let me do a little bit of housekeeping here before we get out of here because i've got 20 more dollars to give away and as i do that go ahead hit the like button Thank you very much. Takes you about five seconds. Helps us certainly along the way. And the final $20 to the jock markets is going to Sam. And Sam mentioned this is his first time. So welcome, Sam. Here's an extra 20 bucks for you. Good luck this week. We'll get you all set up along with the other winners. And, uh, of course, we will be back same time. Same place next week for the U.S. Open. Just just a quick, quick look ahead, Joe. How good is Tori going to be? I can't wait, man. I already have in my head, like I just talked to Stephen Hensley about it, like the the drone images of Tori where it like feels like you're hang gliding over these little strips of fairway along the, the California cliffs is just like epic to see on television. We've got more storylines heading into this thing than you could possibly imagine. You've got Phil still chasing it. You've got Bryson versus Brooks. 
Um, you've got the Rom storyline, which will, I'm sure will catch a ton of steam and be interesting. Like him not only coming back to a place that he won, but coming off of the whole situation at the memorial. You've got Reed coming back to a place with a controversial victory. Names like Spieth back in the mix, the resurgence. Um, so, so much good stuff in golf right now. Cannot wait for Tory next week. Uh, we'll see you at 815, right? 815 Eastern Time, Rick Run Good YouTube channel. And of course, if you have not deposited yet, what in the world are you doing? Go ahead, use the code POWER. It will get you up to a $50 deposit bonus. So you deposit 20, they'll give you 20, 30, they'll give you 30. You deposit 100, you get 50, whatever you want, up to $50 instantly in your account, which uh, goes a long way. Would have bought you four-ish shares of the most expensive, third most expensive golfer. So it goes a long way, Joe. Absolutely. Always does. <laughs> Pleasure being with you again here, buddy. Best of luck this week and uh, have a great one, man. Yeah. Follow Joe on Twitter at TorPix. You can follow me at Rick Run Good. This has been your Jock Market Power Hour. And we'll catch you next time.